Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ruler of Tech podcast. I am your host, Dan Cavallari, all the way over here in America, in uh, the state of Colorado, where we are still waiting on winter. It has not arrived yet. Uh, but, you know, I, in preparation for the cold weather, it's supposed to snow tomorrow. I'll believe it when I see it, but we're still waiting on the snow. But in preparation for it, I do have my trainer set up. Uh, as I'm sure most of you listening already do and already have for quite a while, uh, we've been spoiled a little bit here in Colorado and had a, a very warm uh, fall, so it's been easy to to ride outside. For many of you listening, I'm sure that's not the case, and it is very much drastically not the case for Rachel Jari, who is joining me today. She is a staff writer for Ruler Magazine. Rachel, how's it going? It's going okay. It, it is pretty awful. Like The hotel hasn't been great. The food hasn't been great, but I'm just trying not to moan about it, just trying to make the best out of it because, um, yeah, nothing we can do. So let's, let's clarify here for the folks at home. Rachel had a wonderful experience. She just got back from South Africa 10 days ago. Uh, and has ever since been stuck in the hotel where she is currently uh, still stuck for another, what, three days? Is that right, Rachel? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Ex explain the situation here. Why are you stuck in a hotel room? Well, I was actually flying to South Africa for um, a dub the double century, which is like this 200 kilometer Grand Fondo, um, which was actually cancelled anyway because of the bad weather. So I wouldn't have done it anyway. But I got the um, I got the news broke when I was actually in the air about the UK suspending all flights to South Africa and from South Africa and also that they were putting it on the red list which in the UK means you have to go to a hotel for 10 days and quarantine there you can go outside for 15 minutes of exercise a day um yeah like I was in so I ended up being in South Africa for a week which was already four days longer than I planned because I had to wait to get a flight home um I didn't I had my bike box with me there but I didn't even end up taking it out when I was in South Africa because I was didn't know when I was flying back so I didn't want the stress of having to pack it up really quickly um so I arrived in this uh hotel in Milton Keynes a lovely part of the UK um, uh yeah seven days ago now uh so yeah three days to go in quarantine yeah wow that is brutal uh I'm sorry that that happened to you and you know it's funny this this has not gotten any easier for people uh over the course of the pandemic and and when I uh, several years ago when this all started uh I I had a, a colleague who got stuck in uh, the Middle East in a hotel room very much in the same situation you are in except he didn't have a bike to ride you at least have that little saving grace uh tell me about your setup how you're how you're staying sane in the hotel room and how you've, how you've stayed sane for the last week and what you're looking forward to in the next three. 
Uh, well, it hasn't. It really hasn't been smooth sailing. Like I, I unpacked my bike when I got here, and I saw that the Di2 char- uh, cable, which connects to the battery in the seat post, had actually fallen down into the frame. Um, so I was trying everything to get it out. Like I had the bike like hanging from the shower rail upside down. I was like hooking like plastic cutlery up there to try and get this uh, cable out. Long story short, I spent about two days trying to get it out. I couldn't get it out, so I had to just improvise and I've actually got my bike locked in one gear at the moment so my dad dropped off my turbo which is um a tax neo smart trainer um so I put it on that yeah but stuck in the big ring in the middle of the cassette I'm controlling the resistance from my head unit which isn't isn't as bad as I thought like there's seven levels which is quite good um so I can actually still do a variety of things just can't really use Zwift at the moment because obviously that controls resistance for you so it'd be a bit a bit difficult um so yeah, that's that's the setup at the moment. It's it's not ideal, but um, yeah, it's better than having nothing at all for sure. Are, are you paying some sort of karmic debt? What did you do that you decided I this? <laughs> I know. But you have you have a bike at least at the very least, and something to spin on. But you're you're not able to use Zwift. So how are you how are you making the minutes and hours go by while you're riding the trainer? Well, I'm just sticking to like 20, 30 minute efforts. It's been like a real test of my kind of commitment if I can actually get through these sessions like that is something I really miss like I wish I wish so much I had Zwift because obviously it's a lonely situation being in a hotel room on your own for 10 days and Zwift gives that community and you know you can chat to people um so yeah I really miss that instead I've been like watching series I've got um yeah watching Netflix listening to music but um yeah really really missing Zwift um but yeah I've been kind of doing like 20, 25 minute blocks just yeah as long as I can really some days I really have no motivation to do it other days I'm kind of up for it it's it's funny you're you're basically describing all of my trainer sessions before Zwift came along and sort of bearing through 20 minutes just to get a workout and you know, staring at the clock every minute or so thinking, has it been 20 minutes yet? Has it been 20 minutes yet? And it goes uh, so slowly. It's crazy. It does. It does. <laughs> and, you know, we, we are very fortunate. I think everybody that I've spoken to has sort of the same approach to riding the trainer, which is Zwift plus Netflix. Um, and at least you have, you do have some of that formula at the very least, but it's, it's sort of a different thing, right? It's your muscles react differently. Your brain certainly reacts differently, uh, to, to the efforts you're putting in. Do you find that the 20, 30 minute efforts are more difficult than they would be otherwise if you were on Zwift? I mean, physically, mentally. Yeah, I think so. Because there's not that variety of like on Zwift when it, you obviously, you know, the road changes, you go uphill, you go downhill, you get that reward when you hit the top of like a mountain, which you just don't get, you just kind of at the end of your effort. And yeah, that's it. And because I'm in one gear anyway, like I can change the resistance on the head unit, but it's not like I can just put it in an easy gear and spin for my recovery. I'm still not in the like, ideal gear that I'd want to be in. But yeah, it got me thinking that like, it's great to have a smart turbo that can change resistance on the head unit. And I was thinking, imagine if I was here with like an old school dumb turbo. So that would definitely be one of my tips. Like if you are going to be in this situation, if you're unfortunate enough, then definitely a smart turbo is like a big investment, but it's really worth it. And the tax has been really good. Like it's really smooth. It's really stable. Like um, also it gives you like pedal stroke analysis, which is pretty cool because yeah, you need to be yeah careful that you're not doing yourself any damage. Like I've been trying to like make sure I'm getting out the saddle during the long efforts as well because, you know, your body can get so stiff. And also the tax, you don't actually need to be plugged in. Like it can be used without a power source, which I found useful because 
obviously in a hotel room like you don't know where you're gonna get like a socket from um so yeah like the tax has actually been like a yeah like a really good thing to have during this these last week and does that does that pair to your head unit is that how you're getting the data that you need yeah yeah it pairs to my head unit and it has like a obviously the cadence and power integrated and I have my heart rate monitor here I think yeah it's been really yeah really good and it it folds down quite small so it's good for like storing um if you need to I've just left mine set up but I don't have much room in here so if I did want to have a few days not staring at the turbo every time I open my eyes then I could (laughs) fold it away quite small but um what are you using for great what are you using for a head unit and for a heart rate monitor for head unit I've got uh the Wahoo Bolt and heart rate monitors the Wahoo ticker so yeah, they're not, they're not, obviously they're not ideal to be compatible with the turbo because it's um, tax. So I think you might get a few more features if you were using a Garmin head unit, but I wouldn't know. I haven't, I haven't used one, but um, mm-hmm. yeah. That, that's an interesting uh, thought to me because I think about, you know, just five, seven years ago, sort of before Zwift and all these, these smart trainers took off, my setup was in the basement uh, with, you know, my, 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 trainer set up so I was staring at the the washing machine you know and, and it was it was as you said a dumb trainer in, in the sense that it didn't have any you know pairing features or anything like that and so it did have a handlebar mounted resistance uh, adjustment and that was it that was all you had uh, and you you made do with it and now you know you you think about even being in the situation that you're in uh, the amount of engagement you get just by having the smart trainer rather than a simple, you know, non, non-Bluetooth, non-connected trainer, it actually still allows you to have a pretty meaningful workout rather than just sitting there spinning away the miles. And that, I think that speaks a lot to how far we've come in, in just those short years. Um, the, the workout has changed, and that's kind of why I asked if it felt like without having Zwift, if it felt more difficult physically, if it felt more difficult mentally, because, you know, what we hear from all these, these, uh, different trainer companies and, and Zwift itself is that the me- the workouts become more meaningful to your actual overall plan rather than just sitting there spinning away, uh, meaningless hours just to keep your legs moving. Um, but I have a question for you, Rachel. I mean, you literally have 24 hours a day to kill, do you find yourself aimlessly spinning just to entertain yourself? Mm, I wish I could say yes, but I've actually found it surprisingly hard to motivate myself to get on it. I don't know if it's because like I get this sort of sense of like lethargy by because I'm just sitting in a hotel room. Like I, I find it easier to get on it when I'm at home and I have things to do. I don't know if it's because I have like a tighter schedule, whereas here it's like I could do it anytime. So I'll give it another hour and then all of a sudden then because they bring your meals to your room so you can't really you don't quite know when you're going to eat or what time it's going to be so then I'm like well it's between six and seven and my dinner could come anytime I can't get on now and then it's about nine o'clock and I'm still not on so yeah it's, it's been surprisingly difficult to actually motivate myself to do it but generally I've been trying to do about an hour in the morning an hour in the evening on a good day some days I'll just do one depends and but, yeah you know- I guess I would be remiss if I didn't ask you what you're watching on Netflix as you spin away. <laughs> uh, I'm a bit embarrassed to say, but I've got really hooked on Married at First Sight. It's like this um, it's like this really trashy uh, program about couples that go and they get married to each other, having never met each other before. And there's so much drama that it's actually really quite engaging and it takes my mind off it. But 
yeah, that's that's the program of choice. A bit that sounds just as awful as being <laughs> stuck in a hotel room for 10 days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I'm lucky that my dad also packed me like a little fan, which has been really helpful because uh, I think if I didn't have that, I'd be sweating so much. And I've also been trying to have like electrolyte drinks as well because I was just worried about having so little ventilation in my room that it might really start to stink for one. And also just like how much salts I'll be losing. So yeah. Yeah, electrolytes in a fan has been a godsend. That that was actually going to be my next question, which is what are some of the non-bike-related uh, bits of gear that are sort of helping you uh, stay motivated, stay entertained, and stay focused on actually doing your workouts? And it sounds like the fan is obviously one, and you know, you've got ear, you've got ear pods or AirPods in, I should say, right now. I mean, that's that seems like it's probably a key, considering you have neighbors there. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That's been key. And also like having wireless headphones. I always used to find it so difficult, like never knowing where to put my phone and having to be really careful where I could move in case I like pulled my phone off the side. And also if you have to have your phone in your pocket, like it can get really sweaty. So yeah, wireless headphones has actually been yeah really helpful. That's another thing like you say, like how far technologies come and the fact I'm even complaining that I can't go on Zwift and chat to people whilst I'm on the turbo is like a sign in itself that yeah, it's come a long way. Right, right. You could always, you know, write letters to your your Zwift companions, and they'll get there in a week or two, and you know, <laughs> you could do it like the old days. Well, Rachel, that that sounds rough, and I'm sorry that you found yourself in that situation. Um, if anybody out there listening happens to have, and I, I don't know if this will actually, you might, you'll probably be gone from captivity by the time this goes live. But if anybody, yeah, if anybody has. Uh, suggestions for how Rachel can get that DI2 cable fished out so she can at least have some more gears. Uh, please do, please do tweet at us. We'd love to hear some suggestions. And if, if in the meantime, Rachel, you do get that out, I'd love to hear how you did it. (laughs) Yeah. I'm still thinking every night when I go to sleep and trying to sort of invent some ideas in my head, but I have tried pretty much everything and they don't have, I was, they don't have wire coat hangers in this hotel before someone suggests unwire putting that down there. Cause I can't, I can't source one. <laughs> well, you're about to set off a wild debate on Twitter, I'm sure, among the wired versus wireless drivetrain uh, <laughs> uh, various uh, defenders. <laughs> and, yeah, you know, and, yeah. and I'm laughing here, Rachel, because I'm not the one in that hotel room, and I'm, you're hand, you seem to be handling it with grace, and more grace than I certainly would have. Um, and I hope, uh, I hope your next test means you get to go home. Uh, you were saying that three more days you get to take that test, and at 12.01, if you're, net, if you're positive, you get to go home. Yeah, that's right. Fingers crossed. Well, fingers crossed for Rachel, everybody. Um, (laughs) We're going to take a quick break here. And uh, when we come back, uh, we're going to get into a little bit more nuts and bolts about the various types of, uh, you know, training software and and virtual elements that are are, uh, popular today and how they play nice with various trainer setups. When we come back uh, from the break, I will have on Peter Stewart, uh, editor at Ruler Magazine, and we're going to talk a little bit more about the nuts and bolts of virtual worlds and the hardware that we have all come to rely on to train indoors through the winter and in difficult situations like the one Rachel finds herself in. In the meantime, Rachel, stay sane. I hope uh, I hope you're out of there soon. Thank you. And for all of you listening, we'll be right back. Stay tuned. Why, hello there. Podcast interruption alert, but I will only take a few short moments to say that if you're enjoying this podcast, 
you will love the regular magazine. So if you're not a reader already, then you can subscribe at ruler.cc for as little as £6 per month. If you don't speak Northern Irish, that's six times 100 pennies. And for the price of a few coffees, you get regular columns from the wonderful Ned Bolting, myself, Orla Shinoui, and some of the very finest independent cycling journalism there is, all wrapped up in a wondrously beautiful publication. Go to ruler.cc. I'll leave you to it. So my name is Oren Peleg and I'm an investor in LACA. Three things that really caught my eye. The first one is, is they're looking to change the insurance industry, which is a very large industry and I think needs change. The second thing is, is I'm deeply passionate about getting people on two wheels. We need to address our congestion and pollution crisis, and I believe that two wheels have a massive role to play in that. And the third thing is, I can see a growing trend around companies building on the strong communities that they have, and I think Lacquer's business model in the way they tap into the community of cyclists is something that's very much on trend at the moment. We are back with the Ruler Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Cavallari, and now I am joined by somebody who is not trapped in a hotel room. <laughs> lucky, lucky him. Peter Stewart, uh, an editor at Ruler Magazine. Peter, how is it going over there? As you say, I'm not constrained. I'm not being held prisoner by anyone, which is great, relatively speaking. And that's in 2021. I think that's something to celebrate in any scenario. Absolutely. And yet and yet here we are willingly getting in our trainers <laughs> when, we, when, we're, when we, we can roam free whenever we want. And yet here we are. Um, Peter, you know, Rachel is stuck in a difficult situation, obviously, but that's not the situation most of us finds our, find ourselves in when we're using the trainer. Um, so I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the more practical end of trainer setups, where we've been, where we're going, and why Zwift has become the dominant force in virtual platforms. It wasn't the first on the scene. Uh, and, you know, arguably there have been other competitors who have offered something that's different and better, uh, you know, it's it's interesting to me that Zwift has sort of claimed that top spot and nobody has been able to unseat uh, Zwift from that uh, dominance. You wrote an article several years ago about uh, sort of the virtual landscape as it was happening sometime in 2013 or 14. Uh, where where have we been, first of all? Let's, let's start with where we started, and then let's talk a little bit about where we're going with virtual training. Uh, you know, Wahoo's got a whole new thing coming out that has come out, I should say. Um, and it's sort of a direct competitor to Zwift, and it's it's pretty different. So let's talk about where we were. Tell me a little bit about that article you wrote all those years ago and what, what virtual landscapes looked like then. I think 10 years ago, indoor training was basically done with, you know, in, in, in your garage, adjusting the resistance manually and maybe watching an old clip of the Tour de France. And then the Suffest came along and people suddenly had, you know, purpose-built kind of uh, drills and like training sessions based on inspirational footage, but it wasn't interactive in any way. And it's kind of funny because I think, you know, there's always that marketing rule that the first in the class always wins, but there were actually quite a lot of players who tried to make it work for the virtual world back in, you know, 2012, 2011, maybe even. And you know, one of them was actually Tax, who had their iGenius trainer. And that was, I think from my memory, one of the first that actually would adapt to a virtual game landscape and it had an avatar, much like Swift does now, and you'd ride around and you could control it with handlebars. 
But my memory of it, and I don't mean I need to respect anyone attacks who wants to know, was that it was seen as being very nerdy and it wasn't very popular at all. And I think there are a few factors. I actually did try and set it up and I think I must have been one of about 20 people who succeeded because you needed effectively to get a standalone laptop that was PC, it didn't work on Mac, and it had to virtually be formatted, no other programs running on it, and then maybe it would run the kind of software that Tax had, and then you could then be in this world. And it was kind of fun, but it was it was quite limited and uh, you know, to, there wasn't really the interactivity with other players. It's you on this virtual game, like a one player game on a, you know, on a PlayStation or something. Um, and yeah, that was kind of the landscape back then. And there were all these different scenarios of like interactive virtual training where you had, you know, uh, really I want to remember called Kino map where it would just be showing a footage of a climb and then it would, it would adjust the resistance um, based on what the gradient was and that was the time kind of quite innovative but you look look, look back at it now and it looks like watching the original silent film in like 1902 or something like that it just looks so old and it was it just it's just like i can't believe people would sit and do this um i mean there's still you know that said there are people that still do train with you know like a normal footage rolling from them they quite like it but yeah definitely swift's ability to kind of gamify indoor training but actually make it social as well and then put in really realistic targets like racing and training sessions and certain like well-known climbs really seems to change the landscape completely. And I, I mean, the, the shift from it being really like a bit of a stigma to go an indoor train back in, I think as recently as like 2015, 2016, I think we'd be like, that's a nerdy thing to do playing on this like video game. And then suddenly literally everyone's doing it. And it's, it's the thing that really decent racers are doing, pro racers are doing, Matthew Vanderpool's doing. And it's just hit the mainstream. And it's just part of our normal rhythm of cycling. We cycle outdoors and we do indoor kind of virtual reality worlds. And yeah, I think, you know, Zwift, for whatever reason, managed to just get traction and make their platform work better than everyone else's. And it's been, you know, I'm really happy that they did do that because I think it is a fantastic platform and I'm glad that it exists, certainly. Um, but yeah, to your question, I don't know, I don't know how anyone's going to topple them actually so i guess you'd yeah i think i think you you touched upon really the golden answer there which is that zwift made it easy uh and you know you didn't have to reformat anything you didn't have to you know set anything up and spend hours figuring it all out you basically turned it on and you started pedaling and i think that was the key you know for, for people like me i don't want to have to think about it i don't want to have to set things up and fight with my computer and even less than that I'm really not great about uh, sticking to a training plan. And Zwift makes that super easy. You know, you just basically, you log in and you say, okay, I just want to ride today and do nothing. Well, you can do that. Or I go in and I say, okay, I want to do a structured workout. Well, here's some to choose from, go for it. And I think it, it hit the right balance of offering just enough, you know, on the menu without it becoming a complication for people. And that is where I think a lot of uh, its competitors have failed, where, where, you know, the notion that more options are better is not always true. Uh, Zwift makes it very easy to get on and start pedaling very quickly. And I think that to me is, is its biggest strength in terms of its competitors. Now, others have come along. Uh, one of its primary competitors, I would say probably six, seven years ago was Be Cool, which had a whole line of trainers. They have since jettisoned that part of their business, but they did have an online virtual world uh, in which you could pedal very much like Zwift. And in fact, it, since since its inception, the graphics have gotten a lot better. You could argue that it's actually a better virtual experience than Zwift. But you know, you mentioned earlier about being the first the first to the party usually wins, right? Be cool was not fast enough to beat 
Zwift, the the meteoric rise. Uh, And so they were sort of honing their virtual world while Zwift was already firmly planted at the top. Uh, You know, now... More recently, and I think this is this is where we want to what do we want to talk about now because I think there is now a threat to Zwift uh, as, as its top position as a virtual world. Wahoo, which has grown exponentially over a very short period of time, uh, acquired the Sufferfest and uh, now has the Wahoo system. That's S Y S T M because vowels are apparently not, not cool anymore. Um, the Wahoo system. And it's it's a totally different environment. Peter, have you looked at the system at all? Have you have you sort of seen what this is all about? I mean, it just recently launched. Um, have you looked at any of the features? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I went through all the usual kind of press briefings on it, and it was um, it struck me as being a lot more a technical, like in terms of like being a training solution for people, an indoor training plan, and as a, like an holistic way to keep fit. That Swift isn't really. And, but it didn't seemingly have the kind of software element that Zwift has. Um, but yeah, it was interesting because I think a lot of people did love the Sufferfest and, and that kind of having migrated to Wahoo is an interesting interesting. I think a lot of people do still love doing Sufferfest. It's just that kind of, that real kind of like raw switching. It's a lot of fun that you can do it without having a smart turbo. You just change gear or change resistance. So yeah, it's interesting. But yeah, I think what struck me there is uh, it looked more like, I guess, to a point, I'm risking risky territory here, but point maybe something a bit more like what Peloton offers, where you had that more personal experience of like you know uh, videos with uh, GCN presenters or you know um, Wahoo League brand ambassadors, and um, I think that might be something that does appeal to lots of people because you know Peloton, you know not the magazine or the physical Peloton, but the indoor training uh, you know device is one of the world's biggest exercise machinery companies. And it never really had an overlap with cyclists because it is spinning. But um, what's made that such an enormous platform is, is the personal element to it. You know, people following these influencer trainers and coaches and just loving to check in and see what their favorite coach is doing and doing that session and feeling like they're bonding with other people doing it. So I feel like maybe maybe Wahoo is sort of slightly keying into that a little bit better than, than Zwift is, that more human element. Um, but I still think, you know, obviously as a, it's not in the same way like a software app as Zwift. So, you know, whether I, I don't actually, I've not used it that much. So is it is it something you can use on Zwift or you can import exercise sessions from Zwift to system? I, I don't know if that's how it works. I, you know, I don't know the answer to that question either. Um, I, I'm looking at, you know, the site right now. And what's striking to me is you're right. I mean, there's a lot of real human faces on this page. And I think that's on purpose. You know, they're, they're really tying it into a more personal experience and a more human experience. I mean, they've got, uh, some of this stuff is designed by Neil Henderson, who is a, a very well-known coach who's worked with Olympians and, and pros. Uh, and they've got this smorgasbord of options in terms of what, what you'll see on screen. I mean, anything from the Sufferfest to studio style classes with GCN to, uh, you know, they've got Ian Boswell here and you can spend a week with Ian Boswell on his training rides and ride along with him on these videos. But what's also striking to me is that it looks like to me, Wahoo system is presenting a more holistic approach to training in general. Uh, for example, they've got system strength, which, uh, you know, gives you a strength training routine. They've got yoga, um, you know, all these mental exercises, you know, this is a more holistic approach to, to training. Whereas, Zwift, I think, has really popularized the gamification of cycling, and that's been great for a broader audience, right? Uh, getting people into cycling and and getting people who were into cycling 
onto their trainers to play the game, to enjoy this this competitive uh, world. Uh, you know, system here seems to be focused more squarely on the athlete. You know, this is more of a, a training system. This is like data and and all all of the 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 numbers and metrics that that cyclists, you know, competitive cyclists really nerd out on. That seems to me to be the difference here. And this is why I think Wahoo maybe isn't the direct competitor that initially I thought it might be for Zwift. I think this is a different approach to what what Zwift has has done, which is get people on trainers. But this is a totally different tool, it seems, at least from what I'm looking at. I mean, would you disagree with that? No, I think you're right. And it strikes me as being something more like what maybe Training Peaks was was, was doing and still does to the point, but uh, maybe offering a more friendlier face than Training Peaks because I still feel Training Peaks is like far more techie than system even. You know, you're really in there crunching data and only, you know, you have to be quite an advanced level to actually understand what you're looking at. So I think maybe, yeah, system is, is, is sort of boring that down and offering people with Wahoo devices a way to like take their training to the next level because, you know, I think... I think that's the thing with any training program, you know, you, you do a bit of cycling, you cycle intensively, you get to a certain level, but really the data is how you get to the next point of excitement and the next goal and, and how you actually step on your training, which I think that's what systems doing well. And I don't think, I don't really think Zwift does that in the same way. I don't think Zwift is a way to, to get to, you know, being a cat one cyclist. I think it's a way to have fun while training indoors and actually enjoy the Zwift world. And to sub to a point, I mean, I know lots of people that race a lot and ride a lot in Zwift and don't actually do a lot of, racing and riding outdoors like you know they, they really swift is their platform they enjoy using and they get really fit doing it um i think most people do enjoy both they enjoy you know cycling on swift and cycling outdoors um but yeah no i think i think wahoo is probably only the only company i can think of with the capability to really challenge swift as a platform but still you know swift is I think at this point, what, $2, $2 billion market capitalization obviously it's not a publicly funded company but that was the last round of fundraising or thereabouts and, you know, I think that means it is an enormous real giant of the sector. And the big thing for Zwift now, I mean, I'm, I'm moving off topic, but is to actually develop their own trainers. And I think when Zwift has its own turbo and it offers that at a competitive rate with some functionality that, that you know, we haven't seen from normal smart turbos, I think that will become potentially really quite dominant. And maybe even I'd, I'd expect the real goal for Zwift personally, you know, I'm just theorizing, would be to start challenging the Peloton world where they're not just appealing to cyclists, they're appealing to the wider world of non-cyclists and people who don't currently cycle competitively. And if they can get a chunk of that market, that's, you know, 6 billion, 7 billion people versus the amount of people that are keen road cyclists with nice road bikes. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I think it's a super interesting sector and definitely the most lucrative area of cycling. This is where there's an explosion in the sector. It's where all the money is. Yes. Yeah. And, and I think it's precisely what you said, because it appeals to a broader swath of riders or would-be riders, people who don't cycle regularly can feel safe, you know, pedaling on Zwift, rather, whereas they might not feel safe on the roads. I, I do have one more conjecture, Peter, that I, I, I would love to hear your take on. I'm looking at the Wahoo System website here, and the common theme here is that it is very much not gamified in the way that Zwift is. It's not a virtual cartoonish look. It's all real people, real faces. And, you know, there's things where you can do pro rides from on onboard camera footage, which has become very popular at like the Tour de France and things like that. You know, we're seeing all that real live footage. There's, there's riding on location of iconic routes. We've seen some of this before, and those platforms did not survive. 
while Zwift thrived. I think that this time around, Wahoo is hitting on a particular moment that plays perfectly to the notion that we want to see live footage. And that's because of people like Rachel who are stuck in a hotel room and are yearning for the outside world. But more more broadly, people who haven't been able to travel since COVID started and, and want to see the scenery and want to see, you know, real racing, real people, because maybe they weren't able to get that during the lockdowns and during COVID. Um, so it, it seems to me that this is a very different moment uh, for that Wahoo is taking advantage of here because we have seen these sorts of things. I mean, Sufferfest did it years ago, right? With live footage of racing and, and riding. And it, it did okay. I mean, people liked it. But then something you know easier came along with Zwift. What do you think? Do you think it'll work better this time? Do you think people will embrace the, the, the live footage differently uh, than they did years ago with all those platforms that tried it and maybe did not succeed? Yeah, you know, I think... I'm trying to think because you know it's only about a year ago that I really started Zwifting at all. I'm embarrassed to say, like you know, being a previous a tech-based cycling journalist, I didn't really do Zwift at all. But what really struck me when I started to use it, having previously done software stuff, was that uh, I don't know how to describe it. Maybe like the the kind of haptics of, of the of this of the landscape, the way that you can visibly see this change in terrain so dramatically, and it really affects the way you experience that space because you're seeing these like really steep like 100 meter climbs you're climbing up them you see like the landscape carrying on descents you see swells in the road and like real riding isn't really at all like that that's more like riding around a roller coaster or something because real riding is more or less always you know whenever people always take their gopro footage and excitedly come home and load their, their computer and think wow that looks so dull you know <laughs> like you're like unless you're doing a descent at like 100 kilometers an hour any gopro footage yeah. like wow, that's it, is it? It's just literally looking at a road, <laughs> like moving incredibly slowly, like monotony of yeah. the same track. But yeah, so I think I think to me, I think that's that there is like a really smart, and the other thing that strikes me about Zwift is that um, that, that kind of really smart feedback loop that plays on our, on our human kind of uh, yeah, sense of, I don't know, endorphins and things where you get these, these little chimes and these little exploding coins and things like that and that's that isn't on swift but you know what i mean like these 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 changing emerging like pops of fireworks and and it really does just like do something to your brain and you're kind of and i think you kind of feel like yeah i'm, I'm doing this and then suddenly it tells you you're four meters behind someone and that interactivity and you're trying to close the gap and that interactivity is so engaging and it really i think tricks you into doing a really hard workout you don't intend to i think you can get the same thing from Sufferfest, definitely and i think a lot of people that their feedback loop is more personal probably and that's why peloton works really well for them it's 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 one of these you know uh well-known peloton co- i can't remember off the top of my head i used to know but um one of these well-known peloton coaches saying oh, you're doing really well let's go like five percent more let's do it let's finish this session and for that some people that turns them on and they're just completely that's going to get 100 percent of their output so i think i think it uh, to me i feel like zwift is really good at what it does and i think for me that's the most engaging training platform i've ever used because i really hate indoor training but i quite enjoy swifting and and to me the Suffest stuff again having used to done it i used to do it purely to get fit but it doesn't appeal to me for something that i think would be fun in any way personally it's like suffering uh, I, I said it's fun earlier on. i do think it is fun for lots of people but for me i just thought this is just hard and i don't really engage with the footage that well but you know maybe it's uh I don't know. I mean, maybe we're all, you know, maybe we're all going to the Mark Zuckerberg's metaverse and Zwift is the first step towards that, that we have to have an avatar based. Yeah, you know, that's maybe that is because those that that works better and it's more appealing, you know, to our, our, our having little avatars and our mid psyche. So I don't know. I think probably the last thing I'll say about that is just 
I think the real world competition and that sense of novelty of racing against someone in Japan or someone in the US and seeing their name and kind of coupling up with someone is so unique on Zwift. And I think the Wahoo system, that, that line, that's probably going to appeal more to people that have like really goal oriented targets for the year. And I'm sure that that for Wahoo will be perfect for them if they want to go and do the Marmot in six hours. Couldn't imagine a better solution than Wahoo system. But if you just want to have fun knocking around for 45 minutes in your in your garage, I think Zwift is pretty perfect, personally. I agree. And I think it'll be interesting to see where, where this goes and, and how the divergence uh, between the two platforms uh, ends up going. Uh, if, for those of you listening, if you have feedback on this, we'd love to hear it. Uh, what what you think uh, could possibly unseat Zwift as the the big player in the virtual space? Uh, and if, if, if there's something out there that already exists that can do it or is doing it, we'd love to hear that too. Maybe we don't know. Yeah, well, Peter, I, should, I, should, find... I should give just for good measure. I should give it a name check to the major competitors that we, that we are aware of. It should probably be RGT and Ruby because I feels like everyone's going to be tweeting us saying you didn't mention Ruby or RGT, but those are great, both really nice platforms, but obviously not as large as Zwift. But yeah, sorry. Anyway, as you were saying, that's all right. And uh, <laughs> for, if people do want to direct those uh, angry comments, where should they direct them, Peter? <laughs> Directly to me on any social media. Yeah. Um, I'm Peter yes, Stewart uh... three S D U A R T, and um, yeah. Hit me up and tell me I'm wrong about everything because that's what I enjoy reading. Yes, but don't we all? Don't we all? Uh, you can also tweet at Ruler Magazine. Uh, find uh, find them on Instagram as well, and you can tweet uh, directly at me at Brown Tie Dan on Twitter, uh, also on Instagram. I'd love to hear from you all, so please do feel free to shout out with questions, and I'll happily pass them on to Peter so he can deal with them. Uh, Peter, thanks for spending some time, and uh, thank you, of course, to Rachel Jari for uh, for spending some time. I know she had lots of it to spare, so <laughs> at least we got to entertain her for a few minutes today. Uh, But Peter, thanks for joining me. And for all of you listening, uh, thank you for listening. We'll catch you on the next episode of the Ruler Tech Podcast. 